The Good Samaritan saw the brutally injured man there, half dead on the side of the road. And we hear that he is moved with compassion at the sight. Moved with compassion. A more literal translation of the Greek, however, would be something a little bit more intense, a little bit more visceral, something like the Samaritan's heart was wrenched open. Wrenched open. One look is all it took, apparently. And this Samaritan's heart was literally ripped open, wide open. He somehow felt that man's pain as if it was his own. But I have to wonder, and I I ask myself this, does my heart respond like that to the sight of human suffering? Does my heart still get wrenched open like that? Because I know if I'm being honest, I often run the risk, and maybe you've seen this in your hearts as well, I run the risk of becoming very numb to the sight of all of the human suffering that surrounds us. It's all around us. It's constantly bombarding us. We have more access to more information and therefore more information about the suffering that people are really going through more than any moment in human history before. We scroll through Facebook or check the news for all of five milliseconds and literally we get notification after notification of all sorts of terrible things, of wars and disease, persecutions, violence of every kind, upheaval and confusion, the full brunt of evil and pain in this very fallen world. And almost for the sake of our own sanity, it seems, we just shake our heads and say, well, what a horrible, horrible shame. I can't believe that happened. It's just awful. And then out of kind of this act of survival, we just move on with our lives, right? happens every day. We move on. We say a prayer. We offer a decade of the rosary for whoever was affected by anything. But at the end of the day, our hearts just can't really afford to be wrenched open, to be ripped wide open every single time that we learn about something else sad happening in our world. It's just too much. It's just too exhausting. So what are we supposed to do about that? Well, I suspect that the part of the answer, at least, is this. Focus on the suffering person who is right in front of you. Focus on the person who is suffering right in front of you. Focus intensely on the suffering that you can help alleviate now. The suffering that the Lord is actually asking you to attend to. Because I think we can get so overwhelmed so easily. But ultimately, we can't help everybody, right? We can't help everybody. We can't love the whole of humanity in sort of an abstract or distant sort of way. But you can take care of the one beat-up person who is right in front of your face. The person who has been hurt. The person who has been betrayed the person who has been rejected by someone, the one person in your life who right now needs love and care. Start there. Start there. It's a very good place to start. You can be a neighbor right now. Your heart can be wrenched open by at least one person, 
And you can make yourself vulnerable and available to that one poor soul. That is exactly what the Good Samaritan does in our parable today, right? He focuses all of his efforts to love and rehabilitate a single man who fell victim to robbers. He doesn't waste any time, right? He doesn't waste any time ranting or railing about that priest and Levite who had the, had the nerve to just pass by on the opposite side of the road. He doesn't waste time doing that. He doesn't blame the system for not paying enough attention to this man who has fallen victim into the gutter. He doesn't wonder, he doesn't ask that question as the, the scholar of the law tested Jesus. Well, is this guy really my neighbor? Is he my responsibility? Should I bother? No, he, he just decides to step up and act. His soul has been stabbed by the pain and suffering of another, by the poverty and the need of another human being. And so he jumps into action. He at least helps that one man get well, regardless of who he is or what he has done. This reminds me an awful lot of one of my all-time favorite saints and a personal patroness of mine. Her name is Saint Jean Jagan. Uh, she is the foundress of the Little Sisters of the Poor. And as the story goes, one cold winter night, Jean Jagan was walking home when she stumbled upon an elderly, blind, sick woman living on the streets with no one in the world to take care of her. And this poor woman, like the man in our parable, was avoided and ignored by everyone who passed by. There was just so much suffering that she was overlooked. But Jean Jagan didn't overlook her. No, Jean Jagan's heart was wrenched open for that one woman. And out of love, she carried that one single woman home. And she climbed up the stairs, somehow carrying this other person up into her small little apartment. And she placed that one woman in her own bed. And Jean Chagan, she went and slept in the attic, right? Before long, more and more elderly poor were brought to Jean's little house. And more and more other helpers came to pro provide care and love for all of those most vulnerable people. And thank God Jean Chagan jumped into action, right? Thank God she was willing to become a flesh and blood concrete neighbor for this one poor elderly woman. That's exactly what Jesus did for us. That's what Jesus did for us. He became our flesh and blood neighbor. Joseph Ratzinger, otherwise known as Pope Benedict XVI, writes that God, though so remote from us, has made himself our neighbor in Jesus Christ. God has made us his neighbor. His heart was wrenched open for us, and he jumped into action at the sight of our wounds. We were all left half dead on the side of the road by sin and all sorts of dysfunction, but the incomprehensible, infinitely other God, the one through whom and for whom all things were created in heaven and on earth, both visible and invisible, as St. Paul so beautifully wrote in that second reading this evening, that God came to us. And in our desperate need, he said to each of us, I know you're suffering. I see you. And I want to be here next to you. Let me help you. Let me pay the price. Whatever it costs, 
it doesn't matter. I'm here for you. This is ultimately what the mystery of the incarnation of Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, is all about. At Nazareth, God made himself a most intimate neighbor to the Blessed Virgin Mary. At the Annunciation, Our Lady opened herself up and received the Son of God into her very womb. What an incredible neighbor to have. Just think about that for a moment. God himself living and growing and developing inside her womb. In him all the fullness was pleased to dwell. And yet, out of humility and out of a tender concern for us, he was pleased to come and dwell inside the Blessed Mother. Making things even more interesting, Pope Benedict goes on to say that the word that's used in the gospel today to describe that Samaritan's compassionate care of the injured man is is the same exact word, apparently, that in Hebrew often refers to a mother's care for the child inside of her womb. What a beautiful image to consider this evening. To be a true neighbor looks like a mother caring tenderly for her unborn child. In this time of intense debate and polarization and politics, have we forgotten this fact, this beautiful good news? Have we somehow forgotten that a mother is is meant to be the most loving, the most compassionate, and the very first true neighbor to the child who is developing quietly in her womb? As our first reading from Deuteronomy put it so well, this is not too mysterious and remote for you. No, it is something very near to you. Already in your mouths and in your hearts, you have only to carry it out. And so as we now prepare to receive Jesus, our true neighbor, literally in our mouths, he is near to us, right? He literally enters into our mouths in the Holy Eucharist. I pray that we all come to more fully appreciate his immense gift for us. Know that his heart has been wrenched open for you. He has been pierced for your sake. His perfect sacrifice was made for your salvation. He pours oil and wine into whatever wounds you are in need of healing for. And so empowered by his resurrection, may each of us be a true flesh and blood neighbor to someone in our lives, someone concrete today.